morning. Good morning. Good morning to Julian Sydney Noodleberg, who happens to also human. be Look on the it. daily huddle this morning. Look at that human away. He is determined and ready. He was not cooperating this morning. He was not feeling the bouncer. He wanted to be a part of the start of the show until Gabby got home. So. You know, uh, it is typical Noodleberg to crave the limelight. <laughs> That's a fact. That is a fact. It is. Uh, you know, I spoke the other night and. Uh, you know, somebody, a couple of people walked up to me. They go, "Wow, man, you're really good at this." And I go, I "Do it all the time." So I love it. Um, so um, I love the fact that you continue to post about social media. Your post this morning about doing away with uh, the other column is just the fact that we even have the other inbox is so absurd to me. Right? I was, I was talking about doing the you know wall and hall today. So my apologies for those who tuned into that. We got much better content today. We got, uh, you know, the second female in the uh, in the Huddler hot seat. Join yeah. us. Will join us. But social media shows us stuff from a year ago that you may not remember. Mark, this is a year ago. I know. I can't believe this was a year ago when we did the Shrimp Tank, which yeah. uh, is the podcast up in Boca. We got to do that at the FAU Entrepreneur Center. We got to meet some great people while we were there. That was a good time. That was a good episode. Yeah, it was uh, super fun to do it with the both of you guys. Really not enough oxygen in the room, but uh, (laughs) whatever was there, we sucked it out. It was uh, pretty amazing stuff. Um, Before we get started, it is Friday funny. Um, You know, you know, I like to give something light. And I was having a conversation with somebody. And part of the problem with why there's the other column is everybody comes with an ask, right? You no. Know? And we're teaching people just don't come with an ask, just come to the party with no agenda, no nothing. Right. You know, people are so uncomfortable about that. And I came across a funny Shay, show me the ask. Hole. The ask hole. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the person who constantly asks for your advice yet always does the opposite of what you tell them. I love it. Uh, or, or the, a better definition is the person who shows up and every time they show up, they ask you something. It's like, yeah, hey. yeah. they just, you know, always, always wanting, always taking the taker is, is yeah. the, another term for and that. And it's you know? disguised. People have gotten better at disguising it. You know, right. they, you know, it's like that one, two punch that kind of get under my skin a little bit. And I'm like, maybe I'll take it. And then, you know, some of them are just oblivious. They're the, so, so whenever, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a Friday because we've been doing Huddler in the Hot Seat on Fridays. But whenever we do, we'll take a Thursday or a Tuesday and we'll do some some haul and wall. The ones that I have, I've got some examples of where people got me to accept yeah. the invite. You know, I said, hey, okay, great. What do you, what do you hear? You know, awesome. Glad to connect. And then carried on the dialogue. And then as soon as I accepted that connection request and let them in, boom, there came the pitch. So uh, I just think like we just accept we we've as a human as a human species, we've just come to accept that that's tolerable behavior. We're going to get junk mail. We're going to get junk email. We're going to get cold calls. Like why accept it? Like why LinkedIn even create that box? Like, just don't allow it to happen and force people, you know, and set the expectation. That's not the way that we're going to do it. But so, uh, David Flynn, I'm giving you creative license to reshare that with your audience. The power of social is not that I have something that's mine. I'm giving it to the universe. You share it with your audience and 
la-di-da, everything gets great. So uh, lots of good stuff. Just a reminder, next week, I think I'm only doing one huddle because I am traveling into different time zones. That and, is correct. We um, And we will confirm we will have Jesse Dykes on the show on Thursday. Is so that confirmed? That is confirmed. Jesse yes. will be a young entrepreneur's uh, show on Thursday. Which I, is I was sweating. I was sweating. And I got to say, like, Jacqueline, I'm super glad that you're here to support Joy. <clears throat> But, like, that's what we had to do to get you to come to the huddle was bring joy on. Come on. Come uh, on. <laughs> right. uh, Jay, wake this thing up so we can get to joy. Third time's the charm, Jacqueline. <laughs> She's not laying down for it, man. She's coming back. So, And I uh, love that Jake is teasing the content for Monday, talking about the de-influencers. I'm excited to hear what that may be about. We'll discuss that idea. But I believe that... I will tell you, he like is huddled up on his own, writing content, and yeah. then he sends it to me. He goes, what do you think? And I go, you wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ChatGPT also wrote it, but... So as we do with everybody, we create walk-up music. I thought this was very appropriate uh, because if you have the first name Joy, you have to deliver Joy. So walk-up music and then Huddler in the Hot Seat music and then she's here. Let's go. Yes. Or if you see me in public, huddle! I like yelled that a few times in the last month. True, it's it's true. When I was at the event that I saw you at Saturday night, there were people walking by me that I did not know going, huddle. Wow, that's awesome. It's a movement, right? I'm a a little less quiet when I do it. Yes. Yes, so I'll give you the background of how I met Joy. Um, so I met I, w- I met with a, a, a friend of ours, a, 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 for, a for, you know, a colleague, somebody who's a leader in the in the in the network. And she referenced we were having coffee at Sith, and she referenced to me like, you know, Joy Linsky, right? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, she's all over LinkedIn too. I can't believe you don't know her. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'll figure it out. So I leave coffee with Haley, you know, I go on about my day. And then wouldn't you know that my dad brings up Joy the next day on the huddle because of the way that she had come in to his inbox on LinkedIn with, hey, I think I was sitting behind you at, uh, where was it? It was at 
and Doc B's. And it was just like, you know, small world, the people you know, how you're connected, the power of social media, all of that really coming together with, with how I met Joy. And then I was just really pleased to learn your story and get to know you and have the opportunity to work with your team and work with CEA and, and do so many things with you over the past year. And I know we're going to continue to do great things, but welcome to the Noodleberg Daily Huddle and give us your story. All right. Uh, so I'm Joy Linsky. I own and operate Jewel Tone Interiors alongside Jacqueline, the person that they're ragging on, uh, my business partner. I started JTI um, almost a decade ago because I felt like I wanted to create something different for the interior design industry in terms of culture and, and really what we deliver to clients too. So uh, tried tried to get into hospitality, tried other things, and at the end of the day was like not finding where I wanted to fit in. So I created it, and um, and then got pregnant, <laughs> which was not the plan. Like right after starting a business, so um, realized that I needed to hire outside my comfort zone if I needed to see my baby or wanted to see my baby, and I did. So hired hired two green. So couldn't leave the business in her hands. So then had to hire an old colleague. So really had um, so had three of three of us, three people working for JTI inside of 365 days, which is really not like great on the cash flow, great on like you know all the like having three to six months in the bank kind of things. Just totally outside my comfort zone and like how I thought it would look like. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, uh, and it's been a fun ride ever since I met Jackie and, um, knew that she'd be great fit for a partner, uh, obviously couldn't offer a partnership on our first like interview and, um, over time just really, really got to know her, um, dangled that carrot. She joined, she acted like a partner day one. And, um, and then I gave her part of the business because she deserved it. And I was happy to run it alongside her. So, so let me jump in for a second. So that nugget could be like the best nugget yet. Acted like a partner, which is like, I hear all the time people say, well, when I become partner, I want to do this, this, and this, or when I become vice president, what are you waiting for? When I make me. Do it and it becomes. So what a great nugget. Way to go. Yeah, so my dad was a business owner, and I learned a ton from him, as I'm sure you did have, Mark. Um, and one of the biggest things he always taught me was do more than what you're paid for. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So there, there's there's two great nuggets that you've already dropped. I think for everybody to hear act like a partner, I don't care what role you're in inside of an organization. I, you have to operate like it's yours. You have to operate like you're the boss. And that doesn't mean make the decisions. It means take ownership, right? And I think that's the key point for everybody that I want to make there is acting like a partner doesn't mean acting like you have some kind of entitlement or acting like you have some kind of, you have something owed to you. It's act. It's taking responsibility for the business and taking ownership of the growth and success of the business, which is what then, you know, led you to offering her a piece of the business. But I want to go back further. So like you said, you wanted to change culture and change what you offered people. How did you craft the vision of what Jewel Tone would look like? And how did you end up with saying, this is what I want to do and how I want to do it? Where did that vision come from? 
Well, two things. So one, my first job out of college, mine and my boss, who I still adore and speak with somewhat frequently, um, I had gone to him and was complaining about something happening in the business. I think I think it might have been even my role. Like, hey, you guys can make a lot money, more money out of me if you just put me here. Like, this will be so much more um, profitable than what you have me doing. Like, I know I'm like young and don't, may not know yeah. what I'm talking about. I was like, I actually don't think I apologize for any of that. <laughs> I'm even 22, but um, he's like, don't ask me. My name's not on the door. And I was like, uh. okay, never naming my business after myself. And then um, my last job I worked for at, for seven years, which was a very toxic environment. And um, my mentor just always told me, stay as long as you can until the fire gets too hot and you have to jump. Just just build that portfolio, close as many doors because we did retail design on sure. a retail design all over the, um, the nation and Latin America. So I had to travel a lot and it was really great. Like I feel like I got a 20 year career in seven years <laughs> because right. of how fast paced and cutthroat and just the quantity of, um, of projects that we completed. And, um, but the, but the, at the end of the day, the owners didn't listen to the employees or didn't ever garner their, um, contribution at, mm -hmm. at all. And to the point where I came with a very unhappy client because he had had too much turnover on his project and I was the designer, but it was already in like construction. And he's like, what, you know, he just literally lost his mind, like curse, 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 like screaming at me on the phone. First time in my career to be like, talked to like that by a client. And uh, actually, I think only first and only wow. <laughs> so yeah. I go, I go to the owners and I'm like, Hey, this guy's really upset. And I get it. Like he's had right. so much turnover with his sure. team because like our projects were with a client for a long time. It's a serious sure. relationship. It's intimate. And they're like, yeah, well, he's an asshole. He doesn't really pay on time anyways. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I just like, got like, could you just acknowledge that I was just like, right like screamed at and F-bombed out, like, and it's yeah. not my fault. Like there was no acknowledgement of how that landed for me. Sure. And there was no um, accountability yep. for how he felt and how he was left. Yep. Like we could have totally done so much more work with that guy. Right. If we would have just gone about it a different way. And so that was the catalyst? That was, yeah, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. They fired someone who worked under me on a day that I was I was not there and didn't realize that she was my team, like she was on my team. Sure. And didn't even tell me about it. Sure. That was another chink in the armor. I was like, who is this dude? Who is this? Andrew Lynch. Oh, <laughs> we'll be sneaking into the huddle, brother. Andrew, thanks for <laughs> yeah. being here this morning. Super glad to have you here in the huddle. Hopefully you'll come back for more, not just when Joy is here. But Super so, shady, babe. Give yourself a picture. Yeah, the, the privacy, the <laughs> privacy God. settings have to be adjusted. Um, he's, the, he's the comedian with a paper bag over his head. So, <laughs> so you, you came up in this world of design, which I think tends to be female dominated as far as the designers go, but male dominated from what I learned from you about business owners what were some of your concerns or fears or challenges of saying, I know I'm going to enter into a very male dominated industry as a female owner. And how did you prepare yourself for that? 
honestly, I had no idea. Like I did it. I was blindsided by that. And it's like, um, so really that's probably a good thing. Right. Cause I didn't create some story around gender. Um, right. I've always just been in the, of the mindset, like to treat others the way you want to be treated. So like, I don't, and I, I really, really can't stand the victim mindset that a lot of feminism brings. I'm just going to put that out there sure. while I'm still here for empowering women. Like yeah. they're not mutually exclusive. So, I agree a thousand percent with you. And do you want to unpack that a little bit? Do you want to go into and, some of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just believe that, like, listen, I let me tell you, and a feminine thing that I did once on a board meeting with, with a guy that I fully respect, I roll my eyes because of another guy's actions because he was like 75 years old and like didn't listen to the thing I said or said something and it offended me and I rolled my eyes. And like the whole board saw it. Right, <laughs> like not appropriate, right? Right, and I, I hate to say that that's like feminine behavior, but maybe, maybe sure. it is. But you know what I did? I'm like, I apologized to him. I'm like, that was unacceptable. I am so sorry for the way I behaved, and I told my board that was inappropriate. No, it's enjoy, but what's interesting is that if a guy were to do that, which guys do that, it does not get viewed the same. So that's, that's the difference is that all of a sudden, oh my God, look at this female rolling her eyes, but guys do that kind of behavior and it, they just get away with it, you know? So I, I think, you know, I, I think being human, you know, and, and saying, Hey, listen, you know, that was, this guy's not listening to me. I want to bring that attention to that, to everybody should be commonplace. It's not. So well, and, Jay, and Jay makes a great point. Like honesty should, is always yes. appropriate, should always be appropriate. Exactly my point, Jay. But, but I think, and the thing you said about it, not, not being the victim because of being a female, but also standing up for female equality and being able to do both pointing towards men as the problem or using it as the reason that you haven't gotten to where you've gotten to would be the victim mentality of feminism, as opposed to saying, yes, there's a reality and a bias and a, a culture that we have to deal with, but that doesn't stop me from getting to where I need to get to, which you don't hear all the time in the narrative. So I, it's super powerful that you said that and it resonated with a lot of people in the comments. Good. I'm glad. I mean, and at the end of the day, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for a ton of men that paved the way or moved out aside. Like my presidency in CEA right now, I, I asked the guy that had introduced, had invited me to the group who was a client became friend. I'm friends with him and his wife. I've done many projects with them. He, um, I asked him like, Hey, do you think I should be on the board? I, I think I want to be on it. I think I have, you know, value to bring. And he, but I didn't realize I was giving him out. He removed himself and said, <laughs> I want joy to take my place, which <laughs> I, which in hindsight, I'm like, shrewd move. Like, I right. like it. But <laughs> I'm like, I'll remember that one. But uh, but he is so highly respected yeah. by everybody in the organization that him putting me forward wasn't just like a suggestion. Right. You know, like it was like I had such buy in and I had such respect coming on that like he really did pave the way. Right. So and I don't. I don't hold that lightly. 
so I do want to talk about a pillar of something because I think it's, it's when I talk about developing mindsets with people, I talk about the environment that they live in, whether or not it's organized, whether or not it speaks to them. You create environments that create experiences. You create environments that create feelings and that create a brand. Talk to us about what that really means. What defines a good environment? What defines something that's successful for you? How do you bring people's vision to light and make an environment and experience? I mean, the first thing that we ask is how do you want your people to feel? Mm. And so it really comes to emotions and what emotions you want to evoke. So once we get the answer to that, then we ask them, what does that look like? Because warmth to you may look different to for warmth for someone else. So like, there's just like inquiry upon inquiry where you just have to dig and dig and dwell in the answers. And then actually as a team, this is what I heard. What did you hear? Because everybody hears it differently. And that's why we're so, so collaborative here is because, um, you know, multiple brains coming at a problem is going to be so much more successful than just one. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then a lot of times we'll have, you know, like the pinch hitter to use a, <laughs> a sports term with you guys, it will have them come in at the end. Who's never even seen the work and have their critique on it, which is really valuable. That's that blind really, eye. That's really interesting. Cause you know, you see ginger say, yes, she's a writer, right? But what you're talking about uh, of asking people what they want, what they want people to feel and then asking them what that looks like, there's no difference in really any industry, whether you're working together in a coaching relationship and you're asking somebody, what does success mean to you? Or what does success feel like to you? What does success look like for you? And then how do you see us getting there? Or for Ginger to say, hey, what do you want people to feel? What do you want people to hear from you? What does that look like? asking those questions and get people to, you know, basically illustrate what they see for you to help them bring it to life is, is incredible. So it's to your point, Mark, it happens in every art form, right? When I get hired to speak, the first thing I ask is when it's over, what do you want your people to be saying and thinking and feeling? Right. You know, I can reverse engineer it same way. Joy can reverse engineer it. Most people don't know how to get there. That's why Joy does what she does is I can help you get anywhere, the destination, but I got to know where you want to go. It's like ways, man. You got to put in the destination first. Otherwise, I and this happened early in my marketing career. I thought I was building something that somebody wanted. We would build it, present it to them, and they would go, well, that's not what we were looking for. And I was like, what do you mean? That's what that's what you said. And they go, well, that's not what I meant. And, you know, so it's it's really, really, really important in a business that's very arbitrary. You know, what you think is pretty, I don't and vice versa. And yeah. writing, developing, you know, visions, you got to be able to listen. So really, really. So great. How do you keep things progressing? Because if you've got a room full of people that are hearing a client talk about what they want people to feel and what that looks like to them. And you've got four people that all heard it differently. How do you come together to move that project forward? How do you build collaboration? You're the owner you're, or you're one of the owners. You obviously have sway in what happens in the say, 
So how do you move it forward by keeping everybody involved and ensure that you're trying to create the best vision? Um, well, there's buy-ins, right? So we have phases, we have five phases. So at the end of every phase, we have a check-in with the client. Like, are we on or off, like in alignment? And, um, a lot of times I, I like to write and I like to tell the vision that you can't really see from just a floor plan and some mood images. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of times I'll write a concept narrative that really gets into the feeling wow. of the space wow. and That's that, and the, the best part about that is that when I'm not pitching it or my team's not pitching it and like doing the dog and pony, when we've walked away, they can still read that concept right. narrative. It sits with them and they're able to consume it again and they're able to really allow it to resonate with them. And I'm, I would imagine that that then helps you be more successful in the carry on of that project. Yeah. And if it doesn't resonate with them, we hear no a lot. Right. And that's fine. You know, that right. gives us the opportunity to to make it right. I love so that. before this interview is done, I want to recognize the fact that she is wearing blue and blue stands for go Gators. Yes. <laughs> so then, we'll, then we'll, we, we can end the, we can end the conversation with this question. Is it really great to be a Florida Gator? <laughs> it really is. It, why? Bye. Why? <laughs> why? Give me a high five, Steve. Um, I mean, it was the best time of my life. I'm sorry, hon. I know you're on the huddle, but like, like <laughs> that was the best time of my life. So. That's awesome. You know, when you can say that. And Mark, I think you would say the same thing about, you know, Tallahassee. You loved your time there. You know, but uh, there's nothing like being a Florida Gator. Nothing. It is. It is, it is the best being in Tallahassee. So great stuff, Joy. Thank you so much. One last question: If there was one thing that every huddler should know about you, what is it? Oh my goodness! I don't know. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Look, look at all. I'm like gators. an open book. So the gators, Nancy showing up. You're an open book. There it is. That's the one thing that everybody should know about you is that you are an open book. And if you want to know, just ask. Joy, thank you so much for joining the Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for being a great friend, a great client, a great uh, teammate. Awesome stuff. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys. You got it. Let's have a great weekend. Let's have a great day. Let's get down to business. We'll see you on Monday. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down. Let's get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business.